boy. Well, that happened. Arkansas lost to Liberty 21 to 19 at home. And they're five and four. Let's do our best to give our reaction to this here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Well, how about this? We have found ourselves in quite a pickle after Arkansas drops their fourth game of the season, this time to... Liberty, a team that uh, was ranked in the top 25 as we knew went going into it. Uh, we knew that they had had some struggles with their quarterback situation. We knew that uh, Arkansas seemed to have everything going for them offensively, seemed to be getting healthier defensively. It seemed like going into this game that Arkansas would be the better team, would show that they would be the better team and end up winning the game. Uh, and everybody would be able to move on into the final stretch of the three games of the SEC play. But that didn't happen. That did not happen. I was there on Saturday, as I'm sure a lot of you were. And I had the same reactions that a lot of you did, where it almost just seemed completely and totally mysterious. Like I didn't, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to say. I had no words for what I was watching. And... It's we can we can do a lot of different breakdowns and, and we will and we'll get into some of the things, especially about KJ, which I think deserves an entire discussion by itself. But here, here's my thing, folks, to be honest about it. Give all the credit to Liberty and Hugh Freeze. He had them ready, he had them prepared. He he is a good coach. As much as I don't like the guy, the dude can coach. And when he's got talent around him. He can make it happen, and I think that it'll be extremely surprising if he is still at Liberty next year. I don't know if he'll take the Auburn job or, or whatever will be offered to him, but he continues to prove himself to be a really good football coach. So that's first and foremost. Have to give all credit where credit is due for the uh, for the Liberty Flames. But the second thing that really stood out to me in this game, folks, is we have seen Arkansas lose games. We've seen them lose games. We've seen them lose games under Sam Pittman. This year, there seemed to have been a common theme when it came to Arkansas's losses. You know, you could chalk it up to the defense just being piss poor, not being able to stop anybody in the secondary, not being able to stop anybody in the passing game. Uh, you know, the offense having turnovers at ill-advised times, penalties. You know, you kind of had an idea of like, all right, well, these are the things that Arkansas is struggling with. These are the things that are problematic for them as a team. And these are the things that we're just going to have to live with as the season goes on. Just hope we limit them as much as possible. But it's what this team is. I mean, you're you're passing through eight, nine games into the season. You kind of get an idea of what this team is really all about. 
But what I would have never guessed, and this is what blows my mind about it, is it's one thing if a team beats you because they exploit your weaknesses. It's one thing if Liberty goes out there and throws for a ton of yards, causes some turnovers, gets some fumbles, makes Arkansas get some dumb penalties, and wins that way. But it's a whole nother thing where instead of exploiting their weaknesses, they completely and totally stop your strengths. And that's what Liberty did in this game. Arkansas could not run the ball a lick. I know they ended up with 203 yards rushing, or 100, excuse me, 144 yards rushing in this game on 42 attempts. That's three less than three and a half yards a carry. Rocket Sanders, who had had such a great year, passed 1,000 yards. 17 carries for 60 yards. A.J. Green was the lone bright spot. Six carries for 58 yards for him. K.J. Jefferson had 16 carries for 36 yards. They didn't run the ball. And not only did they not run the ball effectively, the offensive line, which had been graded out as the best offensive line in all of college football, according to Pro Football Focus, just got completely whipped up front and at the point of attack by Liberty's defensive line. They shot the gaps. They clogged the holes. Arkansas's offensive line, and most of these cases that happened in this game, when the play came to an end, there were three or four of them just standing around with nobody around them because they just got completely burnt. 14 tackles for losses in this game for Liberty. 14. Inexcusable unacceptable and disgusting. The fact that the one thing you've been able to pride yourself on this year was as bad as that, where you've gone up against SEC defensive fronts. You went up against Bama. You went up against Mississippi State. You went up against A&M, South Carolina, Auburn. You know, say whatever you want about the quality of the teams, but those are SEC athletes on the other side of the ball. Four and five-star guys. And at no point in time did you really have any legitimate struggles running the ball. Any legitimate struggles with opening up holes for the running backs. And in this game against the mighty Liberty Flames, you got whipped. Completely and totally whipped. So when Arkansas can't run the ball and their offensive line can't block, that really starts to limit the type of things that this Arkansas offense can do. And as we saw in this game, it limited everything. The offense was horrendous. Horrendous. Arkansas didn't score a touchdown in this game until the fourth quarter. They had five points going into the fourth quarter at home against Liberty. I give respect and credit to Liberty, but that does not excuse Arkansas's absolutely abysmal offensive performance. Atrocious. And shout out to the defense. Shout out to Barry Odom and the defense because they did their job. They have been raked over the coals all season long. And a lot of that criticism is completely and totally justified. 
but they didn't allow Liberty to score a single point in the second half. And they held them to 21 points when the offense was giving them nothing. Anytime, anytime, if I would have told you all that this game, Liberty would be held to 21 points before the game started, you all would think Arkansas would win this one no problem. Because you knew, it was like, well, I mean, that's just how it goes. And also, in modern college football, if you hold an opponent to 21 points, you better win and you should win. That's how modern college football is for the majority of teams. But Arkansas didn't. They didn't. They did have two interceptions. They had the play where Trey Knox had hit him in the hands in the end zone, bounces for a pick, had another terrible throw by KJ, which I know we'll get into KJ here in a bit. But they didn't really have that many penalties. They had three penalties for 27 yards. Arkansas did. Or excuse me, or, uh, they had six penalties for 36 yards. Flip the stats there. It's not great, but it's definitely better than what we've seen so far this year from this team. The punting was good. They got a blocked punt. For safety, shout out to Quincy McAdoo. That dude out there getting an interception, playing secondary, getting a punt block. He had a heck of a game. Huge shout out to him. Special teams did great. Arkansas was 4 of 16 on third down. They were 4 of 6 on fourth down. In the red zone, they scored. Scored two. They scored uh, two touchdowns. So took care of business there. But it just, it's, this without a doubt is the most frustrating game of Sam Pittman's tenure here at Arkansas. I'm not going to say it's the worst loss because I still, because I still think Texas A&M this year was the worst loss Arkansas had under Sam Pittman. I'm just saying, I, I know that Liberty doesn't have the name of Texas A&M or is in the conference, but that loss to A&M is still worse than anything, especially seeing how trash A&M is. But this one was the one that was the most disappointing because you lost not because they exploited your weaknesses, but because they stopped your strengths. They came in with a game plan, knowing what you do, and they're like, we're not going to let them do it. We're going to stop them. And they did the entire game. Now, I'll give Arkansas credit for coming back late in the game, trying to tie it on a two-point conversion. Did not work. Pretty close, but it doesn't look like he was in. So give him credit for at least fighting back. But this is a situation where Arkansas took one step forward, two steps back. The BYU and Auburn wins were a step forward, step in the right direction. But this loss to Liberty and the way you lost to them was two steps back. Because that killed any sort of momentum you had. That killed any chance of you being able to finish the season strong or at least just as good, if not better, than last year because your schedule just gets that much tougher, especially the way LSU's playing right now. They just beat Bama, mind you. But this was, without a doubt, the most frustrating loss where I would have never expected to see something like that happen. Arkansas got outclassed, outcoached, outplayed, outgunned, everything. And there's no excuse for it. No excuse for it. Liberty's a good team. Again, I will keep saying that. Liberty is a good team. Arkansas is better. They got better talent. They got better players. But on Saturday, the coaching failed. The energy failed. I, I don't know if maybe they were just overlooking Liberty. Could have been that. 
but I'm just I'm really disappointed. This one, this one, I said that the AM game was the worst loss, and I still believe that, but this one hurts and makes me start questioning a lot of things. Because I was expecting Arkansas to be playing their best football right now. Because that's what they did in years one and two under Sam Pittman. Right now was the time they were playing their best football. And at home, where you were gone for five weeks, you hadn't been, played a game in Fayetteville in five weeks. There was over 70,000 people that showed up to that game. And that's the product they got to see. That was the homecoming performance that was put forth. Cannot happen. Cannot happen. And uh, before we'll move on with this. And I'm going to give him a shout-out because then a lot of you know Trey Biddy. And I think Trey Biddy put it about as perfectly as, as possible during his walk and talk, where he said, there are people that will look at this game and want to fire everybody and they'll hold this grudge and they're never going to forget it. And then there's another group of people that are going to say, don't ever do it again. I think that's a, a really good way of putting it and how a lot of you feel. Some of you are already jumping off the bandwagon for Sam Pittman. I don't agree with it. I'm not. But I also understand the people that are saying this better not happen again because you're 100% right. And on top of that, too, I look at it that every loss is either a problem or problematic. If a loss is a problem, a problem can be fixed. A problem can be turned around. A problem can be at least adjusted, made to work, however, to continue on with success. But if a loss becomes problematic, that's when it starts to become part of you, where it's not just something that you can fix. It's not something that you're just not aware of and it just happened to hit you in the face or you had some big things that were out of your control end up impacting you in a negative way. It was not that. If a loss becomes problematic, that's when programs start going downhill. And that's when coaches start losing jobs. That's when things go sour. Now, is this loss a problem or is it problematic? That's going to be up to Sam Pittman and his staff and this team. I'm of the belief that this should never happen again. And, you know, you got three games in front of you that maybe you can turn it around maybe you can win because winning will cure all but right now it does not feel very good and you don't feel very confident about the Razorbacks going forward at this point in time and one of the reasons is because of KJ Jefferson but we will talk about KJ Jefferson here in just a second but first these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified jobs and candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, no matter who you are, no matter what field you're in. You can just go on to LinkedIn and you can see the different types of things that they can do, whether you're work looking for a job or looking for a candidate to hire, they can take care of you. You can check it out at linkedin.com slash college. Be able to help find the most qualified candidates. You can post your job for free there. It doesn't cost you anything. You post your job for free there at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So if you watch the game, if you were there for the game, you know a lot of the reasons why the things went awry. But I will say this. I was there. Actually, didn't go with anyone in specific. I just kind of went to the game. A lot of my friends were uh, unable to attend. But I went to the game just kind of by myself, and you know, I had some people around me that I knew. And I was just watching it, and I feel like I had the same feeling that every one of you did in the beginning part of this game where as I saw the offense struggling, looking bad, looking completely and totally out of sorts, completely off the reservation, however you want to put it. I kept looking. I'm like, something's wrong with KJ. Is there was reports and rumors coming out beforehand that he wasn't going to play. And he did play. He played the entire game. But when you watched him out there, you were like, something's off. Something's not right. KJ's hurt. That was immediately my thought. Now, we don't know the extent of what's going on with him. Like, we don't know anything. Maybe we'll have it answered in the the Monday press conference when Sam Pittman meets with the media. Maybe there'll be an update there. But everybody who watched that game knew something was wrong with KJ. And that's where it's kind of like, it's not an excuse, but it's, it's at least an explanation for maybe why the offense was as horrendous as it was. And Sam Pittman said in the press conference, he was asked about KJ Jefferson and if he's dealing with his injury, you know, what was going on? He says he talked to Kendall Bryles, offense coordinator for Arkansas, about maybe going to Malik Hornsby when KJ was struggling against Liberty. But this is what Sam Pittman said when he was asked about this. He said, Kendall told me what I need to hear. That's that KJ's our guy and he'll go go get it going eventually. In my opinion, that was the right thing to do. That's what Sam Pittman said. And then he had Jaden Hazelwood, who met with the media uh, later, say that he didn't know who was going to start the quarterback in the game because Malik got most of the snaps with the first unit this week. Sam Pittman did say that KJ practiced but didn't throw. So I guess with the throws and everything, Malik Hornsby was out there and uh, they decided to stick with KJ. Now, we can sit here and debate whether or not that was the right decision or not. Because I'll be honest, that in the end of the game where you put yourself in a position to win or at least to tie it, you're not getting there without K.J. Jefferson. K.J. Jefferson was the reason you got there. Good defense, of course. But K.J. was the one that was willing that team to victory. He still had 284 yards passing. He still had two touchdowns. Yes, he did throw two picks. One of them not really his fault. But he also had seven, uh, six, 36 yards rushing. Had some big plays down the stretch. He's still your guy. He's your best option. But when you start seeing things like really off and you start wondering about what if Malik got put in earlier to provide some sort of spark, at least in the rushing attack, you know, at least in, in provide because the like, rocket was getting nothing. The conventional way of running the ball was getting nothing. So why not try to mix it up a little bit? You know, again, that's always kind of hindsight. You know, it's 2020. Like if Arkansas would have gotten that two point conversion and then maybe one in overtime if it went to that point, I think people would be having a different little discussion about it, but that's not what happened. So it just makes me wonder a few things. Like one, is this more about how confident Kendall Bryles is in KJ? Or is it more about Kendall Bryles' lack of faith in Malik Hornsby because of the whole situation in Mississippi State? Cade Fortin started, Malik came in, and there was no question that Malik was better than Cade Fortin. And then it just seems like there's always this resistance of playing Malik Hornsby and, and having him 
uh, be in that role in the second string, which has always kind of been a little bit interesting and odd and the whole transfer portal that he entered in last year then came back. There's just a lot surrounding Malik Hornsby that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't know if we'll ever get straight answers on it. But it comes down to KJ and his health. Is he okay? What's going on? How bad is it? Is, is he going to, you know, like how bad of a, of a position is he finding himself in right now? That's the ultimate question. And honestly, again, I don't know. But if I want to know what it is because I was watching him and maybe some of you can correct me. But when I was watching KJ, he wasn't favoring like a part of his body. You know, like when you hear somebody injured, he didn't have his ankles like taped up. Okay, so or something like that. So I was like, okay, so it must not be an ankle thing. Didn't have a knee brace or anything like that. So I was like, okay. And when he ran, he seemed to run fine, but he didn't. He, he held on to the ball way too long during a lot of those plays, which he get, got sacked. And he had missed wide open guys. Again, he was just off. It was not right. KJ it was not good KJ. And so that happened. And then he was just like, it wasn't favoring an arm, like a shoulder. He didn't seem to be favoring any of that. His passes weren't great, but it didn't seem like there were there were no power behind him. Maybe it's a shoulder thing. Maybe it's an arm thing. Like that, that would be the one that makes most sense. Maybe he was sick. I don't know. But KJ was not KJ, and we need KJ back. We need a good KJ back. But if KJ can't go, and if KJ is going to be that version of KJ against LSU when they come to town, they need to go to Malik Hornsby. And it doesn't need to be a controversy. It doesn't need to be secretive. It doesn't need to be weird and awkward. It just needs to get done. But I guess we'll find out this week. It's just, can never be easy. Canada as a Razorback fan, just never easy. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting and football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, and up-to-minute scores in every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games, events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I will end on a positive note because Arkansas football did have a really positive thing that happened over the weekend. Because we know that this team needs to get better. They need to get fixed. They need to start building towards something. Well, they got a huge, an absolutely huge commitment uh, on uh, Sunday from Kavion Henderson. I believe that's how you say his first name. Out of Leeds, Alabama. So he's an Alabama kid. So, well, well who is he? He's 6'3", 235 pounds. And he was viewed as a top target for Sam Pittman's staff ever since he arrived in uh, January. He says, quote, first, I'm committed. I, I committed in like March, but held it off to make sure I was making the right decision because more blessings were coming in. The coaches stayed true to their word and kept recruiting me. Basically, the whole coaching staff recruited me and contacted me every day, sending me an email. And so I am uh, ready to go play for the Razorbacks. So give everybody an idea of what this kid is. Uh, he is a bona fide four-star defensive lineman. And uh, not only that, but he had scholarship offers 
to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and Oklahoma. That's pretty big time. He is the 100, and according this is according to 24-7 Sports, he is the 195th player overall in the country. He is the 16th best defensive lineman in the country. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Rivals even has him higher. I think they have him as like a top 100 kid. So, uh, but here, to me, if he's got uh, offers to Bama, and like, we're not just talking about like, oh, soft offers. We're talking about he was recruited by Freddie Roach. Uh, Georgia, Trey Scott and Scott Cochran were the ones that enter, or that were recruiting him. Brent Venables is one of the big ones that recruited him from Oklahoma. So he's a huge get for Arkansas. And, you know, again, they need all the help that they can get and continue can to try to get. Uh, so this was a nice little thing to, to for Arkansas to get the icing on the cake after, again, a struggling weekend in football, uh, especially with a couple of players getting arrested, which I didn't want to bring that up because I don't know any information specifically on it. So to me, there's no reason in bringing it up if I don't know, uh, you know, all the specifics behind it. But he's part of the 2024 class, too, by the way. So he's not going to be on campus next year. He'll be on campus the year after that. So I wanted to make that part of it clear. So, but yeah, good news for Arkansas. They, they sure could use it, and it was glad that it could end on a really positive note. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.